0: Genes are information. They are coded information. It even looks like
1: computer information. I mean, a, a, a chromosome is, is a great long computer tape. It's linear. It runs one-dimensional one digital code. Um, it's not binary. It's quaternary. But apart from that, it's, it's just the same as, as computer tape. It's, it's read in, in sequence. Um, it's copied and pasted from one part of the organism to another in just the same way as, as a computer programmer would co- copy and paste. Um, so biology has turned into, into computer science. Copied and pasted from one part of the organism to another in just the same way as, as a computer programmer would co- copy and paste,
0: as a computer programmer would co- copy and paste.
1: What I learned from from your book, which I find stunningly exciting, is that it is literally nothing, it is literally nothing, it is literally nothing. Of course, common sense doesn't allow you to get something from nothing. That's why it's interesting. It's got to be interesting in order to give rise to the universe at all. Something pretty mysterious had to give rise to the origin of the Universe. Something pretty mysterious had to give rise to... The origin of the Universe. Something pretty mysterious had to give rise to... The origin of the Universe. It is literally nothing... It is literally something, nothing. You can dispute exactly what's meant by by nothing. But whatever it is it is very very simple and... (laughs)
2: Why is that funny? Well, I think it's a bit funny to be trying to define nothing. Hey, my name is Brett Keen from God TV Radio, and you are watching and listening to my podcast. By the way, not only can you participate in it by simply going to the links in my description and clicking the join link, All you have to do is bring either a webcam or a microphone and you'll be able to have conversations with us. We welcome atheists, Muslims, pagans, Jews, Christians, people of all different faiths. We don't care where you come from. We don't care where you live. And we definitely don't care about your personal drama or negativity in your existence. We're here to have fun. We're here to enjoy ourselves. When you get an opportunity, you might want to check out my books, my music, my art, and all the things that I do and imagine up on a daily basis. Yes, I'm a very creative person. And I love socializing. I love hanging out with people. Unlike 99% of the podcast on YouTube, we don't ask you to pay anything in order to come on the show. That's right, you can come in absolutely free. And what you have to say will be broadcasted to thousands of people across the internet and just smell what the bread king is cooking. That's right. Unlike a lot of these greedy Patreon driven YouTube channels who are just out to make a buck, we want to make friends with you. We want to meet you. We want to be able to get to know you. We love you. Let's be friends. Come on, come on, get in here. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy.
3: Julie, have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes, I have. I, upon your profession of faith and in obedience to His divine command, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of the death, raised to walk in newness
2: of life. All right, grab a towel. Amen. All right, Jeff. Kent Hovind has been serving the Lord all of his life. He loves people. He loves what he does. He does debates and discussions on the Standing for Truth channel, if you'd like to see him in the action. He will also be doing shows on God TV Radio, where he will answer questions and people will be able to participate in the conversation. If you'd like to check out his YouTube channel, it is Kent Hovind Official. You can also check out his links. You can see his website, drdino.com, www.drdino.com. His Facebook is Kent Hovind official. His Twitter, Kent Hovind. You can purchase his books, his DVDs, and his media at his Dr. Dino website. You can also call Kent Hovind and speak to any of the doll workers or you may actually get in touch with him at 855-BIG-DINO-244-3466. You can schedule an event or seminars. All links are in all of the descriptions of his videos if you would like to get in contact with him. God bless. Alright, let's get you on the main screen. You
3: yeah oh god is good some of god's kids drive me nuts but god is good brother
2: if you don't mind while we're waiting for people to get in and proverbs to fix would you be able to tell me what your favorite book is that you have written as well as your favorite dvd that you participated in hmm
3: well that's a tough one i'm a -a readaholic i read lots of stuff i guess it depends on which topic um I love to read about the supposed contradictions in the Bible. Peter Ruckman, uh, pastor down in Pensacola, uh, he was rude, crude, crass, mean, brilliant, died a couple of years ago. He wrote a great book called The Heirs in the King James Bible. I enjoy that one. Uh, oh, In the Minds of Men by Ian Taylor, which is talking about creation evolution. That's a great one. It's uh, 500 and so, how many pages is this thing? Yeah, almost 500 pages. It's fabulous. And they're called In the Minds of Men. That one's a classic. Uh, so I guess it depends on the topic. Uh, the one I wrote about the prison system is the best in the world, uh, about the why we should not even have a prison system called the kennel. In the Bible under, if you break the law, you get a fine. You steal my sheep, you pay back four sheep. Everybody goes home happy. Uh, I got three more sheep, you know? So in the, now you steal my sheep, you go to jail for five years and I got to feed you for five years while you're in jail and your family misses dad, and lots of bad things happen by putting people in prison. So when I become king, I'm closing down the whole prison system. In the Bible, you find them, beat them, or kill them. For many things, you get uh, you get stripes, 30 stripes, 40 stripes for, for certain crimes. Either way, everybody goes home that day. No reason to lock them up and pay somebody to watch them and babysit them. So I, I really have been studying a lot on that topic. We are so far off of what God said we should do for punishment of criminals. Uh, for certain crimes that it's ought to be executed, plain and simple. Uh, everybody can move on with their life. Now they lock them up 20 years, cost a fortune. And then the, the victim has to worry about the guy getting out in 20 years. Sad. sad. Anyway, so I love reading, love studying, stuff like that. I don't think I'd give a solid answer to that question without a more specific, what topic, you know.
2: But anyway, go ahead, brother. Well, that's what we do. We ask the hard stuff in here. <laughs> so, Kent, I've had an atheist who've made these assertions, positive assertions, and claims that um, most people who are in prison or the jail system are religious. However, after doing a whole bunch of research, I discovered that preachers go into prisons and jails all the time and they convert people over to Christianity. So it seems to make sense that there's preachers coming in almost every day. According to stats, there's like an atheist who changes over looking for a group or someone to be with so they can be protected or safe in that type of environment. And plus, it's like a social group, right? What's your thoughts on that?
3: Well, there are many prison conversions. I was in there for nine years myself. I saw this happen. Some are, many are genuine. They really get their life turned around. They get saved and they're they're great. Some are you know, to be part of a social group for protection or for whatever. So I, I can't see the heart. I can, I can hear what they say on their lips and that's about as far as I can go. Then later you can see if there's a changed life. See, if you plant a seed in the dirt, the seed will start to change things in the dirt. It'll start to grow and expand. If a woman claims she's pregnant, she's received the seed, you should see some changes over the next nine months. After nine months, you see a baby. So if someone claims they've received Christ into their heart, you should see some changes, not just in their um, their, their vocabulary, but in their actions, in their attitude, in their lifestyle. So, yeah, but there are, there are prison conversions that are fake and there's, there's, people get fake conversions outside of prison. It happens all the time. So I let God sort them out.
2: Do they usually, whenever people do go to prison, are they even asked what their theological views are? Does anybody even concern themselves with that? Well, no.
3: Sometimes the chaplain will ask them what kind of, you know, chaplain they would like to come. There are Catholic priests that come in sometimes. There are uh, uh, Baptist preachers that come in. Uh, Muslims have their whatever they call their guy come in. So yeah, it depends what the prison has for pop- prison population as far as who comes in to to talk or hold services or whatever. I would say most jails and prisons have nothing, absolutely nothing.
2: There was someone uh, a while back who was considered one of the most popular serial killers of all time. I plan on playing a clip of it. And your ministry uh, basically sent a lot of information and books and and a lot of things to try to help this person. Unfortunately, they were killed in prison. You probably know who I'm talking about. I'm going to show you the video.
4: I mean, uh, if you don't, if a person doesn't think that there there is a God to be accountable to, then then what's what's the point of, of trying to uh, modify your behavior to keep it within acceptable ranges? Uh, that's how I thought, anyway, because I always I always believe the uh, the lie that uh, evolution is truth, the theory of evolution is truth, that we all just came from. Uh, the slime, and uh, when we when we died, you know that was it. There was nothing. So it, the whole theory cheapens life, and uh, started reading books about how that show how evolution is is just a complete lie. There's there's no there's no basis in science to uh, to uphold it. And I've come to since come to believe that uh, that the Lord Jesus Christ is the true Creator of uh, the heavens and the earth.
2: So, Kent, he actually says in the full interview that he was sent creationist books. He was sent uh, things by ministries and all that. And you were talking about this a while back in an in a interview. You've helped out a lot of people in prison as well as out.
3: Right. Our, we sent our videos to his prison. I think his dad got him in, actually. And uh, usually you have to go through a chaplain to do that. And he gave his heart to the Lord and got saved. It doesn't matter what you've done, how bad a sinner you've been, God can save you and forgive you. Uh, Apostle Paul was a murderer before when he was Saul, murdered Christians. Gave his heart to the Lord, got saved, and wrote half the New Testament. Yeah, God can save anybody.
2: So today the subject matter is allowing non-believers to try to prove that evolution is true. So if any non-believers want to come in here and actually try to prove and have an open discussion on this the link is out there it is also pinned in the top um i'm a little concerned though kent because it appears more and more that atheists are getting incredibly frightened to get into a discussion with you why do you think this is well uh, i think because it makes them look stupid they believe they
3: came from iraq they really do believe that and that's just it's stupid i've done 315 debates only have one more scheduled I'll take all the atheists in the world on any time. I've done a lot of them and uh, I, they're, many of them are smarter than me. That's not the question. What they believe is wrong. These family trees they put in our textbooks for the kids. Yes, boys and girls, you're related to a squirrel and a pine tree. That is just so stupid, but that's what they believe. There's no evidence anywhere on the planet, Histori- historically, uh, in the fossils, in reality, watching life. No animal ever produces babies other than its kind. Why would we draw a line on paper between a pine tree and a human and a ladybug, connecting them with a common ancestor? That's just as stupid at so many levels. It's certainly not science. They believe it though. This textbook says, all the many forms of life on earth today are descended from a common ancestor. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You have a common ancestor with a raspberry? Oh yeah, they believe that. Mm -hmm. Found in a population of primitive unicellular organisms. Oh, it came from a single celled creature. Then it says no traces of those (laughs) events remain. They draw these family trees connecting humans and seaweed and sharks all back to a common ancestor. This is just propaganda. So I've debated enough of them that they're kind of afraid to debate now because they realize, well, he makes us look really stupid. That's because it's really stupid. It's not complicated. But rather than change what they believe because they like this theory, this theory that says we all have a common ancestor says there really is no God and there's no creator to be accountable to. Therefore, there are no rules. They don't like God's rules. You know, thou shalt not. Oh, they don't want those rules. So that's the real reason why they're afraid to debate me, because they know I'm going to expose what they believe for being dumb and being a religion. And, and I'm going to make them really squirm like, wow, why do I believe such a thing? Tonight, I'll be doing a session on how do barnacles make babies. Every Friday night, we're doing a YouTube on Kent Hovind official, uh, making babies. A couple weeks ago, we did the octopus. The male octopus takes the third arm on the left side, which has sperm on the end of it, reaches up through her nostril all the way to the back of her head and deposits the sperm on the uh, ovary back there at the back of her brain. How did that evolve? I mean, step by step, how did that evolve? it's not possible the barnacles tonight is even worse it it could not have evolved it's that simple it had to be created that way oh they don't like that so it's a really it's a lifestyle problem that they have they they know god if he comes in might want to make a few changes in their life and that's true
2: so kent there's a concept out there called the fermi paradox in which it basically the concept is is that there's supposedly 10 trillion pa- planets that exist in the universe, but not one single one, but Earth, allegedly, had abiogenesis or evolution work on it. Does that not mean that evolution has failed 10 trillion times if we don't see it anywhere else? Well, we don't see it here either.
3: I don't think it's failed every time. I, the question of 10 trillion planets—that's completely uh, guesswork. We see a lot of stars. We assume some have planets going around them, but there's been no proof of any planets around any star except ours, the sun. And <clears throat> so they can believe that if they wish. Uh, that's uh, uh, imagination, SpongeBob style. Okay, imagine, just imagine there are 10 trillion planets. But no, there's no evidence of, people say, do you think there's intelligent life on other planets? I say, well, <clears throat> no, there's no evidence of intelligent life on any other planet, and there's really not a lot of evidence of intelligent life on this planet. When you look at some of the stuff, dumb stuff they teach and believe, it's crazy. So I, the Fermi paradox—I'll have to do some more research on that one. Uh, but that's just a hiding, a hiding behind um, ignorance. We don't know, therefore, it must have happened. I'd, I'd say I'd call that—I'd call that a, a joke.
2: The only argument I've heard uh, against this concept is they say, well, we aren't so technological that we can reach them. But if the universe is 16 billion or trillion years old, then surely there would have to be some life forms out there that are way more advanced than us that could contact us right back. We're not the most exciting species, obviously, but you'd expect at least some kind of phone call, right? Well, I guess if they
3: wish to believe that all that Star Trek stuff and, you know, space travel and it's a real expensive waste of money, uh, I think, to do all that. This is it. I think God created everything in heaven and earth. And the Bible says Adam is the is the uh, uh, father and Eve is the mother of all living. There's no other life forms out there in space. There, this is it right here. Planet Earth. So get
2: used to it. And the, and the earth is just seems in every single way possible to be extremely special and unique. The scientists even say that we, Stephen Hawking himself said, we are a mathematical impossibility. That is just, I mean, it sounds like it's got God all over it. Proverbs guy just stepped into the room, an angry poo man, I guess is how you pronounce his name. How you guys doing? Would you like to ask any questions or get involved in the discussion? Hey, hey
5: fellas! How you guys doing?
6: Very
2: good. It's uh, Angry Pool Man.
6: Um, so yeah, I just think it's super cool that Kent Hovind's here. Um, I watched him back in two thousand seven, and uh, his arguments really resonated with me. So I just wanted to say, what's up, Kent Hovind?
3: Well, hey, good. Uh, I'm, I've been doing great.
6: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm involved with the church, and I honestly, don't think I'd be where I am today if it weren't for your seminars. So I'm just happy to be here.
3: Well, thank you. Those video seminars go all over the place. I got it here somewhere, I think. I forgot. Oh, where am I? It fell on the floor. Okay. Oh yeah, here we go. Yeah, We have produced probably 15 million DVDs and videos in 42 languages to get out there and get people saved. Oh, wrong one. Wrong one. Oh, there it is. Uh, yeah. Are
5: there any questions for Dr. Hoven that you've always wanted to pick his brain about? And now you have your opportunity.
6: Actually, yeah. Um, so are you familiar with the Chichilub impact crater in the Yucatan?
3: Yes. uh, So I've not, I've not been there, but I've studied it. And I know uh, pretty good about it, but go ahead.
6: Well, of course they it's, you know, hypothesized that that impact crater came from an asteroid that hit the earth 65 million years ago. And that's what killed the dinosaurs. I was just wondering, um, you know, through all, all your content, I've never seen you address it. So I was just wondering, like, you know, where do you think that comes from or how does that fit into like everything that you've been saying? Like, What's okay, the explanation well, for that impact crater?
3: Right. The uh, my globe, I can see it here. The Earth has craters, quite a few craters on. I'm not sure the exact number they've determined are craters. But the uh, if you watch my video number two, where I talk about the original creation. If you read the Genesis story in Genesis chapter one and two. It says when God created the earth, there was water above the firmament. Later, you see where it says the firmament is where the birds fly. I can call up slides on that quickly, but it would be a, kind of a little bit of a long answer to that. The, the, there used to be water under the crust of the earth. And when the fountains of the deep broke open at the time of Noah's flood, that would have launched things out into orbit. I believe there was a crystalline canopy surrounding the world before uh, the flood came. Uh, it's called the canopy theory, I couldn't prove it, but I think the evidence points that way clearly. There we go, I can get it up this way. So this, uh, the fountains of the deep breaking open, the water underneath with all say 10 miles of rock on top would go shooting out, tearing the sides of the crack with it and would end up launching things into space. I believe uh, the uh, meteors that are flying around now and the comets that are flying around probably came from earth during this event. Some of them as the earth travels around the sun uh, once a year, it runs into that stuff that was launched off thousands of years ago. It's still drifting around in space like hitting bugs on a windshield. And so I think Yucatan Peninsula, uh, the meteor impact, cra- impact crater there had to happen after the flood or else the flood would have wiped it out. Or it happened you know, during the latter stages of the flood. Uh, Noah was in the ark for a year, but we don't know that the flood lasted a year in all places. Some places might've just been underwater for a couple of weeks. How long would it take to drown everybody? Uh, so I think that, uh, let's see, pre-flood world, uh, I got too many slides here. So uh, my answer would be, I think probably the Yucatan Peninsula Meteor Crater happened uh, toward the end of the flood and, uh, or, or after the flood, Not certainly not 65 million years ago. And it would have really upset things on the planet. I got pictures here somewhere. But if you watch my seminar part two, you'll see where I go into this in great detail. I use lots of visuals so people can understand you have to understand what was the original creation like? That canopy above is why they lived to be 900 years old. Read Genesis five, here it is finally, okay. Slide number 213, Alt D V, two, one, three, enter. Here's a model of uh, of water under the crust of the earth and uh, then the crust, maybe 10 miles thick. And let's see, giants in the earth. And then uh, God made three heavens. The first heaven where the birds fly, second heaven where stars are, third heaven apparently is where he lived god lives so the world was overflowed with water so long answer i would say yucatan peninsula meteor crater impact happened after the flood about four thousand four hundred years ago okay
6: yeah the firmament's definitely something that would change conditions on earth that is never taken into account of or considered at all um but yeah like when i read about it and the the picture they paint of the chaos that ensued after it. You mentioned that, yeah, it definitely would have damaged the earth, but I just wonder, like, is there any way to know like exactly what would have happened? Because they, they seem to go in great detail of like all the things that would happen, you know, like, you know, like the smoke covered the earth for, I don't know, a million years. And then the, you know, the rats came out of the holes. And then, (laughs) I don't know. I I just think it's impossible to know like what that would have happened, what would have happened, but
3: yeah, there's no way to know that kind of stuff. Uh, a, a crater uh, impact that size uh, indicate they can they can calculate uh, they think it it hit, I know there was a, the the meteor crater. They did a lot of drilling at the bottom trying to find. they said, oh, it might be a meteor down there, might be made of something valuable, you know, gold or something. And so they drilled a bunch of holes and got nothing. Beringer did that, went broke doing it. Then he he was out he was out shooting his forty five caliber pistol, I believe, into the mud to make a ring to see how deep the bullet penetrates to try to do some math and see you know, how, how far down do I have to go? And he realized when he shot at an angle into the mud, it still made a round hole instead of an oval hole. He said, well, wait a minute. Maybe the meteor hit at an angle and made the round crater and the meteor is outside the rim of the crater underneath. So he had time to dr- money to drill one more hole. He drilled outside and hit something and they gave up. Now it's a state park, Beringer meteor crater. So we we don't know if they get down there.
6: I'd like to visit it one day, but uh, I just want to thank you for being here and uh, being accessible and answering questions. It's cool. Yeah.
3: Be glad to help anywhere I can. I want to strengthen your faith. Now, here's the problem. If you come come away saying, wow, the Bible is the word of God, now you're accountable to it. You better read it. Do what it says. Okay.
6: Thank you.
2: Nice having you in, Poo. If you have any more questions or anything that you'd like to bring up, we'd be happy to hear what you have. Anyone out there, you're welcome to come in. The link is out there to talk with Kent. Have you, uh, uh, Kent, have you, you've probably heard atheists talk about a, this is going to be strange, but I think you're going to, you're going to catch on to what I'm talking about. But you've heard about atheists talking about DMT. As What about you, Stephen? EMT? Yes, okay.
3: um I guess I don't know what they mean by that. I have uh let's see oh, right
2: here well i'll I'll explain to the audience of this. There's a chemical <laughs> that releases in the brain just as someone is about to die, just as they're about to pass. Oh, yeah. and what it does is it causes a natural utopia type of feeling or euphoria is what it does. I would like some atheists to come in here and explain why the body would evolve this ability to create bliss and a naturally merciful way to die. Where did the body come up with this kind of chemistry or chemical to do this? We're talking about death. It seems like if a God designed it, he would design it for his children to be able to pass away peacefully. But how can it be explained through evolution? Hmm. I'll have to do some research on that. That's a
3: good point. I've heard of that, you know, the the hormone that's released at at, at death where they just get peaceful. You know, many nurses testify to that as they watch someone dying. It's like, wow, what happened here? So EMT, they're calling it, huh?
2: Sorry, I don't know. DMT yeah that's amazing it's one of the explanations they try to give on why people have out-of-body experiences or why they see things in the room while they're actually what they're considered officially dead and stuff like that if they fortunately get brought back from it so i would like atheists to explain how evolution made a chemical that causes us to die mercifully and peacefully.
3: Yeah, I'd like to hear an answer to that myself.
5: Yeah, and that's just one of the many questions that atheists can't answer in regards to evolution. There's just too much for uh, to evolve there.
6: Kind of wish there were some atheists in the chat here so they can give us an answer. But, um, you know, it's no fun without without an, uh, an opposing voice.
2: Well, unfortunately, Kent has such a reputation for tearing atheists up in debates and discussions and standing for truth, they're nervous. You know, they get they get frightened. It is what it is, but they can come in and we will have a friendly conversation and try to figure out why folks believe they come from primates and rocks and all that stuff. Kent
6: well, Oh, go ahead, Kent.
2: Well, one thing I do, I've done for many years, it really... Uh,
3: frustrates them is I define the word evolution. What do you mean by evolution? I have up on screen the six different levels or stages that would have to take place. You would have to have, first of all, cosmic evolution. Where did time, space, and matter come from? They don't have an answer for that. Bible answers that in 10 words. In the beginning, there's time, God created the heaven, there's space, and the earth, there's matter. So that, that, where did time? where did space come from? Where did time come from and matter? They call, they say, the Big Bang. Well, that does, that's not an answer, giving it a name. Define it. Show, show me. What was before the Big Bang? What was there? Then you have to have the chemicals evolve. Everything had to come from hydrogen. If you can make gold out of hydrogen, I'd like to see that. Okay. Then you'd have to have stars evolve and planets evolve. We've never seen that. We see the opposite. We see stars blowing up, called a nova or supernova. That's not forming. That's blowing up. Then we see organic evolution, life getting started from non-living material. Randall, did you go get me a drink? Yes, sir. You did? Okay, thank you. Anything, Uh, nobody's ever seen that. Then organic evolution is a giant one. How did life get started from non-living chemicals? Just give me an answer. They want me to pay to have all this taught to the kids in school. Okay, if you can prove it scientific, then yes. But otherwise, no, stop teaching this baloney. Then macroevolution is where an animal changes to a different kind of animal. Nobody's ever seen the dog produce a non-dog, never. It's all imagination. It's religion is what it is and not science. So if any atheist got any better ideas, I'd like to hear it. So far in my 300 and some debates, they've all said, we don't know. Yeah, I agree. And until you do, don't call it science. It's a religious belief.
2: I've noticed that a lot of atheists, especially popular ones like Matt Delahunty, Aaron Raw, and Sci-Fi Dan, I believe is his name, they're completely trying to redefine the Big Bang and what actually happened and all those changes that happened in process. I'm going to play a clip to show an example of this. Here we go.
7: About 13.7 billion years ago, this tiny singularity violently exploded. And it is from this explosion, this bang, that all matter, energy, space, and time were created.
4: No explosion,
7: no bang, just expansion. This tiny singularity violently exploded. exploded. No explosion, no bang, bang, just just expansion. expansion. Before the Big Bang, there was nothing, literally
1: nothing. And then, Something happened, triggering the most colossal explosion in history. We
8: don't necessarily think it was nothing before that.
1: You are telling us that matter arose spontaneously out of nothing. Literally nothing. Nothing. Literally nothing. Nothing. Literally nothing. Nothing.
2: nothing. Nothing. (laughs) Amazing. Th- yeah, these they're people they're are these people able to walk around
3: and they walk around and drive cars. That's what concerns me. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: yep.
3: Anyway, go ahead, brother.
6: Yeah, it definitely sounds like they're describing God. It's kind of funny. Um, yeah. Brett, Brett, to your point real quick, though, uh, uh, that you said that everyone's too scared to. To uh, debate Kent um, all you need to do is watch his debate with uh, Professor Dave and that's enough to scare if, if any atheist has seen that they know to stay away that is the funniest like debate I've ever seen and um, I go back to it at least once a year it is just it's amazing it's great
5: has oh, it's Aaron different. Raw accepted your rechallenge?
6: no Aaron Raw uh, calls
3: uh, Aaron Quincy Raw middle name Quincy uh, from now on I made that up <laughs> Quincy is the, the fruit that's really hard and you got to beat on it for a long time to get it to soften up. You got a hard head, but he he, he only likes to debate where he can interrupt all the time and standing for truth channel. And maybe Brett, you could do the host him on your channel. I want a, a place, I'll debate him anywhere where we get equal time, no interrupting. And we do one topic at a time. He throws out 10 topics and then you can't answer them all in the time allotted. And so he's, ah, see, I won. So, one topic at a time, equal time, no interrupting and no profanity. Real simple. I'm open. Challenge, Mister Nelson. Calls himself R and Ra, the sun god. Uh, I'll take him on any time.
5: For someone who's so confident as he is, uh, it's amazing that he's still too scared to come back and and take another beat down from you.
3: Come on, bring it on. I'm ready.
5: Do you have any ideas about how long we were possibly in the garden before we were tossed out?
3: The only clues we would have, the Bible says Adam was 130 when Seth was born. If you look at my timeline chart on drdino.com, Adam was 130 when Seth was born. That's from Genesis chapter five. And then we know before that Cain and Abel were born, but we don't have any dates. We know that Cain and Abel were old enough to get in a fight, and Cain killed Abel. Let's assume they're in their 20s. So Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden before they had any children. Probably not before they tried, but before they had any children. And so probably they might have been in the garden 100 years before, before they sinned. We know Lucifer was created. It says so in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. So Lucifer was a created being. He's not eternal. God created the angels probably on day one or day two. The Bible isn't clear from what I can see. But uh, they rejoiced when the foundations of the earth were laid. That was on day three. So Lucifer was created probably on day one or two. He fell from heaven sometime. He, He saw what God had made and said, I want that. I'll take it. I want to be like God. And so probably 100 years after the creation, I think Lucifer got tired of their fellowship with God and said, I want them to worship me. And that's when he led his big rebellion. And that just, it would be guesswork, but I'd say the first hundred years. Okay.
5: All right. Thank you. Good answer. And do you have an explanation for who it would have been Cain would have taken as a wife?
3: Well, the Bible says Adam uh, lived a hundred years, 130 years and begat Seth. Well, for Cain, he would have married one of his sisters. Uh, they, they had lots of kids. How many kids could you have in 800 years? When you live in a garden, nothing plenty to eat and run around naked all day, I bet you'd have a baby every nine months and twenty minutes.
5: <laughs> all right. Thank you for that solid answer.
3: Okay.
2: Do you uh do you and Stephen believe that uh, Adam and Eve were immortal before they disobeyed God?
3: I think they were what was the word you used?
2: Immortal basically well, immortal. age.
3: Right. Apparently, they would not have aged. God designed them to live forever. God did not design the world to have death. The Bible says, "Man brought death into the world." Romans five and First Corinthians. Uh, anyway, it was man that brought death into the world. God designed a perfect world, and man wrecked it. Uh, you give somebody a nice car, and they drive, they wreck it. That's that's their fault, not yours. So, uh, no, death death came because of Adam and Eve, not because of God. So They would have lived forever.
5: Yeah, and I agree with that also. I think uh, that they did have regular bodies like we have today, but I would definitely believe that uh, um, the plan was for them to live forever. I don't think they aged either.
2: Well, I guess I'll throw out something else about Adam and Eve. Do you believe that the age for Adam and Eve began the moment they ate from the tree? Basically, this is when death comes in the world, there's some kind of physical change with their existence, obviously from immortality. Do you believe that they might have existed for a long, long period of time, even though Genesis of gives you the feel that the fall happened almost immediately in the story?
3: Well, no, they started aging right away, or well, they started counting years. God started counting days before there was any life on earth, you know, day one, day two, day three. So. One revolution of the earth is a day, one trip around the sun is a year. I think they would have a way of measuring time. Uh, they had to have, uh, we have, we have to live in a, a phenomenon called time, space, matter continuum. Each of those is a trinity. You know, space has three dimensions, linked with height. Time has three dimensions, past, present, future. Matter has three dimensions, solid, liquid, gas. So I, I don't think it'd be a problem for them to just continue counting years. How many trips have we made around the sun now, honey? Oh, 8,252, you know, but they would not, it doesn't mean it's affecting their body.
2: Well, I got an interesting question for you and Stephen as well, aren't it? If Adam and Eve is immortal, wouldn't, I I know a lot of Christian communities, they see it as um, the tree brought death into the world and there was a curse put on Adam and Eve, but wasn't there kind of a blessing as well, if you think about it? Because if they're immortal, they would not have been able to have children had they not been able to age. Does that make sense? That for Steven? Oh, whoever oh. wants to answer.
3: Oh, no, I think having children would have happened. Uh, the question would be, what if they had children and the parents sinned and the children didn't? We, we'll never know, but uh, uh, you know, having children children's normal part of life. It's wonderful. I mean, all all the animals and plants seem to enjoy it.
5: I'd like to fast forward just a little bit to Noah. Um, We know scripture says that like a drunkard cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. But also there seems to be several scriptures that would point you to the fact that Noah may have been an alcoholic. I was just wondering, do you think that that was the case? And if so, do you think that Noah did make it to heaven?
3: Well, I don't think he was an alcoholic. I think he was... uh... I think before the flood came, let me get a slide up here, uh, 353. Uh, From the creation up until the flood, about 1,656 years, according to the Bible, um, I don't think fermentation was possible. The canopy above that protected them would have uh, uh, not allowed fermentation. So you could drink grape juice and go back a year later and drink some more and it's fine. So that would just be my theory that there's no, I don't think Noah, I think Noah awoke from his wine I think it was an accident when he got drunk. He did not uh, certainly intend to. Uh, just, just my thought.
5: So you think it was more of a one-off? Because I know it also does touch on, and I believe it says that he even had a vineyard, You know, which would imply to me he was at least you know a social drinker.
3: Well, he probably had a vineyard before the flood, too. He liked grape juice and grapes. I like grapes and grape juice. So um, that doesn't mean he's making alcohol out of it. A lot of people have vineyards that don't make any alcohol out of it. That, my, I, my theory would be Noah was a righteous man. He feared God. God chose him to save out of everybody. God saw Noah was a righteous man. So I don't think it was intentional. I think it was a whole new thing. Wow, drunk. What is this? He, it, he thought, Maybe he thought the grape juice tasted funny and kept drinking it. And probably shouldn't have, but how would he know? <laughs>
5: All right, yeah. Hey, I'll take that answer. Any more questions from you, gentlemen?
6: I have a point to throw out in relation to the age of the earth. Um, I don't know if you've ever um, addressed this, Kent, but I had this thought that, you know, there's so much debate over the age of the earth. I feel like that's such a huge dividing point and something that keeps people from accepting the view of creation because they're so convinced of the age of the earth. Um, But maybe God created the world with the appearance of billions of years behind it. Maybe he just made it that way, you know, Um, in the same way that he made Adam, you know, he didn't make him a baby. He made him a man. You know, you would think Uh Adam is you know, several decades old at least. So uh, just interested in your input on that.
3: Well, yeah, he had to make full-grown man, full-grown woman. You know, he didn't make two babies. Who would take care of him in the garden? All the plants were full-grown, fruit hanging on the tree. It had to be because Adam has to eat that day. So, yeah, but the age of the earth, if you look at the dates in the Bible, it clearly adds up to about 6,000 for the total age of the earth, not billions of years, that's for sure. That's from adding up the numbers that were given to us in Genesis 5 and Genesis 11. If you look at the scientific evidence, I've got a whole seminar called The Age of the Earth, my seminar part one, different scientific ways to prove this Earth is not billions of years old. It cannot be. If I told you this pencil was 18,000 years old, I think you could very easily prove I'm wrong, okay? It has an eraser, which is still flexible. I think over time that would probably get hard. We could do a science test and say, how long would it take for this, this substance to, um, to, to harden up? Maybe something less than 50 years. Uh, It's made by a company that's probably labeled on here. And you could probably say, oh, that company wasn't around. There would be ways to scientifically prove my 18,000 year claim is wrong, just over a pencil. So they're claiming the Earth is billions of years old. I say, guys, you got some real problems here. I'll just show you one or two of them. I'd pick one randomly. The Earth is spinning. Oh, I don't know if my hyperlink's working here. I think we'd all agree the Earth is turning around. Not too many folks disagree with that. The flat earthers maybe. Uh, But the Earth is spinning and the Earth is slowing down in its spin. This has been demonstrated. We see the Earth is slowing down. That's why they have to have a leap second every year and a half to uh, to, to accommodate for our slowing, our slowing spin of our Earth. So how, how long could it be slowing down? If you go back in time, it was spinning faster. That would create a problem. So you cannot say it's billions of years old and has been slowing down for billions of years and life has been here for hundreds of millions of years. That doesn't work scientifically. So I cover, man, I gotta get my hyperlinks working in here. Uh, I cover the scientific evidence of the earth, not being billions of years old. See, if you take away time from the atheist, their whole theory collapses in a heap. They count on billions of years. You say, how did that happen? Oh, you sprinkle more time on it. It'll happen. That's just, it's, it's insane. The sun is burning up. I'll step outside and look at it. The sun is burning. It's losing 5 million tons every second. That's how much gas it burns up. It's losing five feet an hour in diameter. Okay. We'll run the clock backwards. You add weight to the sun. You add size to the sun. It's not going to be possible to have life on Earth here. We're you know too close. So there's all kinds of scientific indicators that it just simply cannot be billions of years old. They need billions of years to hide their theory in, but it's not available. You can't have it.
6: If you seen, were all, oh, go uh, ahead. Real quick, I've never seen that a billions of years prop. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's a new one yeah. for me. But um, yeah, uh, uh, from creation to now, I think, you know, I definitely accept it's, it's under 10,000 years old. But from the moment God created it, I'm saying maybe he um, maybe he made it with the appearance of looking that old. That way, when people are doing their scientific tests on it, that's why they get some of these numbers, you know, that like the rocks have been here for however long or something, you know. Well, you know, I, I know there's no there's a lack of consistency with some of the way they radiometric date, but maybe they're getting some of the information they are because God created it with the appearance of being older than it actually is. Just a thought I had.
3: Well, people make uh, brand new furniture and make it look antique. Purposely. and It's brand new.
6: Right, that doesn't that mean it's cool. that old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, we're right. on the same page with that.
2: Kent, do you find it interesting that... According to scientist Carl Sagan, one of his big things that he liked to say was that we are the children of stardust. So I looked into why it is we even have dust on the earth. And apparently it's because stars go through their process and then all this dust gets on the earth. So in a way, when we're looking at Genesis, we are kind of children of stardust. God used the dust in order to create us. Do you or do you have something different on that view? Well, I wouldn't say Earth
3: is made from stardust. I mean, earth the Earth was made before the stars, actually. If you read the Genesis story, God made the Earth. And then uh, on day three, he made the stars, I think, purposely. So we would know not to worship the stars and the sun and the heaven. Many cultures around the world worship uh, the sun or something, you know. Uh, Let's see. Uh, that's, That's crazy. The Earth was made first. so The Earth, he did make Adam out of the dust and but that i don't necessarily made it it'd be stardust okay
2: right right i believe the scientists have the uh, the event and the process mixed up on that right. it, uh, it seems to me whenever i look at the creation account that it, it's perfect in its steps and the symbiotic relationship of the plants and the food that were provided all of it the way it was set up is perfect <sighs>
5: And also, Pastor, if you could only pick one argument um, out of the many to defend a young Earth creation, say under 10,000 years, you know, which point of evidence do you think you would point to uh, to prove that?
3: I got one up on screen here. I think NASA has agreed that uh, the, the moon is moving away from the Earth. We have a moon going around us, and it's getting further away, leaving about, let's see, four centimeters a year. The moon is drifting. The circle that the moon, actually oval, is enlarging, okay? Will the moon ever leave Earth's orbit? Yep, physics.org. Why is the moon leaving us? The moon's orbit, 3.8 centimeters per year, is increasing. So everybody that teaches physics, and I taught physical science 15 years, uh, there's a law called the inverse square law. If you would bring two objects that have an attraction for each other, like magnets or gravity, in the case of Earth and moon, it's gravity, If you bring it into one half the distance, you take that fraction one half, flip it over and square it. So it's four times the pull. If you bring it into one third the distance, it's nine times the pull. So if the moon were closer because of the inverse square law, if you brought the moon in a thousand years ago, 125 feet closer, no big deal. Million years ago, 28 miles closer. You want 10 million, now it's getting closer. 100 million, almost 3000 miles closer it starts to become a very serious problem. So I think they've studied this and said, if just, the, just with the Earth-Moon system, the Moon is leaving us, if you run the math backwards, they would say about the Earth-Moon orbit would have collapsed. You can't get two magnets too close before they snap together, uh, because of this inverse square law. Let's see, the evolution of the lunar semi major axis represents the, the well-known timescale problem. The lunar orbit collapses a little over 1 billion years ago. So why are we selling the kids the Earth is 4.6 billion years old? Just the moon says, no, you cannot have 4.6 billion years. But they wish to believe that. The evolution of the lunar semi-major axis presents a well-known time scale problem. It collapses a billion years ago. OK, I'll give them a billion years. Their whole theory is dumb at all levels. But when they run all the math on this, they say, "Guys, the Earth cannot be more than one billion years old, just based on the Moon." So that's a simple one.
2: That's an excellent point, Kent. Excellent point. I uh, I have a question. When we look at the laws of uh, the universe, the laws of nature, the second law of thermodynamics teaches that entropy entropy breaks down everything it tries to explain why we age and lose information not gain it such as cosmological and genetic entropy doesn't that completely uh, go against the very face of evolution we're losing information we're not gaining it and this is science right here
3: yeah everything is falling apart nothing's getting better with time i'll be 70 day after tomorrow and uh I can see different things are not working right like they used to. You know, I've got aches and pains here and there. So, uh, the the world is aging. Everything is aging, falling apart. The earth is slowing down in its spin. Yeah, entropy is exactly the opposite of evolution. But evolution say, "Oh no, things are getting better." Show me where this is happening. It isn't. It just isn't true. It's not science. That's for sure.
2: The only argument I've even heard against it. Well, we live. That's for people who are things that live in a closed environment. What does that even mean? We see things fall apart every single day. We see our bodies. They claim that the universe is expanding, so we're being pulled apart. There's no extra information being added. So how does that work for evolution? I would love for some non-believers to come in here and explain that to us.
3: Yep small changes Uh, if there's a thousand changes one of them they say will be positive you might have 999 negative but one's positive and those are going to accumulate this is pure it's dreaming it's a nightmare actually not a dream now dr hoven um as a
5: fellow creationist myself i believe in creation um i've heard two school of thoughts one is that the earth is just under 7,000 years old, and I it feels like the other main school of thought is that it's just about 10,000 years old. Do you lean one way or the other, and do you even think that that little small difference matters?
3: Well, uh, not it, neither would help evolutionists. Okay, They would argue with both of them. The Bible dates add up to 6,000, and I happen to believe God is probably working on a 7,000-year calendar where he's going to have 6,000 years of human history and 1,000 years of... Uh, the millennium, I think the six days of creation are, are symbolic or representative of a bigger picture. Uh, let see, I had it up here a second ago uh, with uh, God working on a 7,000 year calendar like he worked on a seven day week. But so I, I would stick pretty strongly. The Bible dates, there's no reason to reject them. The Bible dates add up to uh, 6,000. Coming up in uh, 2028 is the best estimate. We think Jesus was probably crucified in the year 28. We know our calendar is off. The calendar we're using now is screwed up. So um, there, the I, I said when I wrote my book on when's the Lord coming back, end times, you know, I said, I don't know, and I'm not setting a date. But if I had to set a date, there it is, 192, 192, enter. Um,
5: I would so say 20, you do You do believe we're about 6,900 plus years old?
3: Right now about 5,995. You know, it's it's something, it's close
6: to 6,000.
5: All right. Thank you very much. Uh, does our guest have any questions?
6: Yeah. Um, I guess on that note, um, yeah, I've been thinking about a lot about uh, the Lord's second coming and, um, you know, just the state of the world. And uh, I'm in medical school right now. I just got accepted last summer and uh, we had a guest speaker talking to us about, you know, she gives hormone blockers to eight year olds and, you know, we're supposed to be, I guess, um, happy about this and thinking and calling it healthcare and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, I'm just absolutely disgusted by it. And just to see like, that is a norm in today's society really makes me think that, um, you know, the Lord's not going to get it, let it get too much worse. And if you look around too, like not only with the social degeneracy that's going on, but also like people trying to live forever, you know, uh, AI is getting really big right now. So I think, I think there's a certain I, I definitely don't think God would let us cross the line of like living forever. But um, so I think he's going to come back soon. And what you just said, Kent, about, you know, six thousand plus another thousand being, um, you know, like paralleling the uh, six days of creation. Um, I think it's coming. So. Yeah, we shall see.
3: Uh, watch what's happening in Israel. You can see all the prophecies from Daniel and Revelation. You're like, Wow. It, they're. They're happening in front of our eyes. The, the red heifers they've got over there, they're ready to rebuild the temple. I think a treaty was made uh, in 2021, a secret treaty between the Muslims and the uh, Jews. Muslims control the uh, mosque, the uh, dome over there, Dome of the Rock. So I, we'll see. I don't know. God, Let God handle that. I'm just going to keep winning souls till I run out of time.
6: And that's the approach I'm taking, too. Like, you know, I'm not going to worry about it too much. God, you know, his timing, you know, and that's all there is to it.
3: I just had a wild thought with what you said about artificial intelligence. That's what a degree from Harvard is. They think they've been educated, all these degrees they're getting, they have artificial intelligence. I'm gonna have to use that for a slide.
6: (laughs) I'm glad, I feel honored to have been the spark for a new Kent Hovind joke.
2: So we've got Rob UK in the room, big time supporter and fan of uh, Kent Hovind's work. Is there any questions you have for Kent or anything you'd like to say?
8: Um, Yeah, talking about all the end time stuff, that's kind of how I got into um, uh, becoming a Christian, actually. So through, although I didn't see it as the end time stuff, you know, everyone calls it the new world order. And, you know, the great deception now and all the great reset and all that kind of stuff. But this is the first time ever in history we've had global bodies really interfering into nation states. So, you know, you've got the World Economic Forum, the UN and all that kind of stuff. And they're now seems to be having ultra-authority over all of the the rules and laws in the nation states. You know, behind the scenes, they're pushing the climate change extremism laws through our parliament here and I know in, in certain other... Um, countries as well. So, never in history have we had this. You know, like we, it's always been nation states against nation states, but now you've got global organizations who are completely.
2: Hey, uh, Rob. Teams. I don't they're know if this services. is Rob. I don't so know if this that, is all for are other come other under one world Rob, your your microphone's kind of muffled. Are you guys hearing the same thing as me?
3: I'm it does party. sound
2: that way on my side. Okay, Rob, if you could go into your settings and uncheck some of the things like uh, cancellation and uh, the condenser, that way it doesn't do that. Make sure you speak directly into the mic whenever you're talking. We definitely want to hear you.
8: Yeah, okay. Can you hear me now?
2: Yeah, it's coming through stronger. Okay, yeah. So
8: did you catch any of that about the um, global organizations, yeah?
3: Right, bodies like the UN and stuff like that Ever since God scattered the people out after the Tower of Babel, which would have been maybe 100 years after Noah's flood, um, God had told them spread out. They didn't want to do it. God had convinced them with different languages. So this whole global, not only global organization, global control, they want to control everything you can buy and sell. And That'll be done with a microchip, I think. I think it's it's coming like a
6: freight train.
2: I've been uh, looking at a lot of stuff on Twitter from Elon Musk, and he's been talking about a microchip being placed into the uh, the head of people as well as uh, also they believe it would be efficient if it was in the hand. And they claim that the reason why they're doing this is they want to make it easier for people to be able to buy and sell things at the store. But if all their information's put on that, it's a lot of things the government could do to us, couldn't they? Oh, boy.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
8: I'd like to ask Ken, um, what's your view on the One World Religion that they talk about? Um, do you see it as like a New Age religion that unites all religions, or would you see it more of a a Luciferian or atheistic religion that you know where us Christians are persecuted in the Great Tribulation?
3: Satan wants everybody to worship him. He told Eve, "If you eat off that tree, you can become like God." Actually, he's the one who wants to be like God. It says so in uh, Isaiah 14 or Ezekiel 28, thou hast said in thy heart, I will be like the most high. And so he wants to be God. God knows everything. He wants to know everything. And this idea of computer control of where you become part of the big computer is racing at us like a freight train. Uh, I, I don't mm-hmm. know what all technology they've got, but it is a little scary when you can walk into a store and light flashes and it tells you what the item is, how much it weighs, how much it costs, puts it on your, you know, deducts it from your credit card. Uh, It's Mm. where, just like Revelation said, you won't be able to buy or sell without a mark. And it's interesting. The King James Bible says the mark goes in, I-N, in the right hand or in the forehead. A lot of new Bible versions say it goes on the hand or on the forehead. Oh no, it goes in, it'll be under the skin. Probably right in this muscle between your thumb and finger here is the best place, they say, because there's the least amount of movement there for a chip to move around. I don't know. Randall, how how small can they make those chips that could do that? Pinhead. Yeah. Maybe all this stuff with COVID where they put a long Q-tip up your nose is practice to get ready to put a chip up there or something. I don't know. We'll see.
2: Yeah. One, of the, one of the reasons I've heard, uh, Rob, as well as Kent, why they want to put something in the forehead, and this is Elon Musk, I'm not even uh, given Bible passes, I'm telling you, this is Elon Musk himself, and the reason why they do that is because someone's hand might be removed or someone might be disabled, and also for machines where you stick your eyes in it, you're, you're basically your eyes scanned in order to be able to access different places, so this is a control move for sure. Yeah, yeah.
8: I'm I'm just interested as well how religion fits into that because obviously you've got what they call Gaia worship, which is the Mother Earth worship, which basically is the climate change agenda they're pushing through now.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm concerned about the strive toward one world government, one world religion. It would really be Satan. Now he'll he'll yeah. put somebody else up front as his you know his uh, front man. He'll worship this guy. But it'll be him in the background pulling the strings
2: we got somebody out here saying oh it's just conspiracy theory nonsense and obviously it's an atheist well uh if you think that elon musk one of the most wealthiest men in the world who's uh, done all the things he's done as a conspiracy theorist fine but he's actually seen the equipment the images are already shown of what this chip looks like so I mean, if you don't know how to research yourself, I don't know what to tell you, but it's not a theory. It's actually a thing.
6: Yeah, I'd like to ask that guy um, if they ever came up to him and wanted to put a chip in him. Would he let him do it? Would he just go along with it? Would he say, oh, that sounds great.
3: Would Elon Musk do it or would I do it? Elon Musk probably will
6: No, that the guy who said it was a, the guy who said it was a conspiracy theory.
3: You know, people oh, who are yeah. saying
6: it's conspiracy theories, like, do they, so do they think that it's actually a bad thing? Because I have a suspicion that once this comes along, they're all going to jump on the bandwagon be excited about it and think it's great. Yeah. Oh, they'll think it's great, yeah. It'll be the yeah, solution
8: okay.
3: for world hunger, yeah.
8: Exactly. And when, when, I remember when I was an atheist and I was heavily into technology back then, actually that would have been one of my dreams, really, you know, to, to be able to, like, linked up to, a, you know, because everybody wants to be social animals. And obviously, if you have this chip in there that you up as social animals, you know, it sounds pretty cool to an atheist, but obviously they they don't see today's world as we do as being evil because we naturally see the world as being evil because of the way it's all, all changing. So I think, as you know, me being with my former atheist hat on, I definitely would have accepted that chip without any problem, without even thinking about anything else.
2: I just don't understand why people are so surprised at this. I mean, scientists, there's videos up on YouTube where they've actually installed remote control equipment into rats, and they're actually causing the rats to go in the direction they want with that. Have you guys seen that before? It's absolutely morbid. That's crazy. I've never seen that. Huh. Huh. Just type it in, remote control rats. I kid you not. It is one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in my life.
6: You should make a video on that, Brett.
2: I probably should. Yeah, please do.
5: Now, Pastor Hoven, it's not often that you get to just hang out in a room like this with only your fans. You're usually in the thick of battle with atheists and evolutionists. Is there anything you'd like to say to them? You know, a lot of them are just like myself. They followed you most of their lives your name is a household name uh do you just want to thank them for their years of support and
3: well yeah i do thank you for supporting us over the years so i've been doing this for a long time got saved in 1969 i got 1974 graduated from bible college i took 21 hour load every semester i like get things done work fast and i've been a baptist preacher 48 years and started this ministry in 1989 speaking on creation versus evolution i really looked long and hard If you were in, uh, if your country was being attacked, there's a war going on, you're, you're under attack. You would think, you would look around and say, where can I be the most useful? What do we need right now? Oh, the soldiers need water. I'll go start carrying water. Oh, they need bullets. Okay, I'll go get bullets. What's the greatest need that you see? The greatest need that I see is for people to explain all this creation stuff where the fifth graders can get it. What got me going in my ministry was I read all the books I could find by Henry Morris and Dwayne Gish and all these, they, they're brilliant stuff. And that when they're all done talking, you say, wow, what did he say? <laughs> they use all these big words, you know. I, my gift is teaching, getting it down where the fourth graders get it. Oh, I understood that. So keep it simple. So I, that's my my calling in this war is to take this creation, information, and the the word of God and explain it where people can get it. I want to make it simple. If I find a bigger, if I find someplace else where the battle's going on more, I'll jump over there.
6: I'm I'm glad God is using you in that way, Kent, because uh, like I said before, I wouldn't be here without your seminars. And it's actually, I I must say, it's um, through Venom Fang X, I uh, came across your content. I watched a Venom Fang X video way back when, and that was my link. So uh, thank God that you do what you do, Kent.
3: Well, thank you. Thank you. I found my stuff on the mark, Mark of the Beast. I sound like that rat, Brett. Tell us more about this remote control rat.
2: Well, there it is, right there. They install this thing onto its back, and then plug this into its skull, as well as into its spine, into its cortex, and then they're able to actually control it, with like you would a little race car on <laughs> the street. It's horrible, it's terrible, and this is what they uh, they call science. There's no ethics to this whatsoever.
6: I actually have some uh, insight into this because I I am in medical school, like I said, and um, you know, we study the brain and. Uh, all of the, um, you know, that part of your brain, that's probably where the rat's prefrontal cortex is. And um, that's where the initial nerve response to fire um, uh, the signal to your nerves, to your limbs, to make movements. So it actually makes sense that that would be the case. You know, it doesn't surprise me at all that they're able to do that. And maybe we're next. Yeah, like I wouldn't be surprised. That's what they want.
2: If there's any non-believers out there that would like to come in and actually have an open discussion, all you got to do is just simply behave yourself, try to have control, and do not act like a primate up here if possible. That's all you have to do, and you can come in and have a good discussion. Yeah, and also, if you
5: guys haven't been to Dinosaur Adventureland yet, why not? Uh, It's free. What more do you want?
3: It's a blast, too. Come on down. We give tours. We're in Lenox, Alabama, straight north of Pensacola, 70 miles. Lenox is about that big. You've been here, Stephen, you know. Uh, 30 people in town. we got 35 here at our camp. we got more than the whole town of Lenox here.
5: <laughs> I was going to say, you guys make up most of the town.
3: We were talking a minute ago about the mark of the beast. I found my slides. I have over 50,000 slides in PowerPoint, but about the barcode. Here's what the Hovind theory, if you want to hear it, on what's going to happen. Uh, it's so interesting. Back in Revelation, he said, the, the mark of the beast is going to be 666. Well, in 1973, they invented the UPC, Universal Product Code, and they have a bunch of lines on there, bars and spaces, okay? The code, a black line is a one, a white line is a zero. So it's a, you know, if there's a fat black line, it's two ones together. The first big, you know, it could be five of them, eight of them together. Well, you notice the first four lines in this drawing on the far left are not marked underneath what they are. The zero out front goes with the second pair of lines. The first two are two skinny lines. In the middle, there's two skinny lines that go longer than the rest, and they're not marked. At the end is two skinny lines that are not marked. Well, if you look at the number six, right above the number six, two skinny lines is the code for six. Every barcode since they started doing it back in in 1973, has 666 right in the barcode. Here's the code that they use, zeros and ones, to make these things. The Six is in every barcode, 666. So this will be something. The Bible says the mark goes in the hand or in the forehead. They started back in 95, injecting chips. Randall, you can get chips put in your cat or dog to track them and find them, right? What's those those tracking chips cost?
9: About
3: About 30 bucks. I don't want to put one in my dog. I want my dog to disappear. My wife's got a pug that's useless, but.
2: I uh. <laughs> Kent, we have a, a guest in the panel. I I want to make sure that you're okay with uh, doing a sure, discussion. Sure. It's a uh, it is a user that has uh, been kind of um, how shall I say conflicting sometimes. Uh, are you interested in having an open discussion with Atheist Junior? Oh.
3: Oh, sure, Atheist Jr., I'll have a whole debate with him. I've only got about 30 more minutes, though, so, Brett. So, AJ, good to hear from you. When are you going to get converted? Go ahead. Oh, I, I don't know. How, how are you doing, Kent? How was your new year? Oh, the day has been great. God, God, I love it. It's, it looks cold here today. It's only like 50 degrees, you know. I'm I, ready for I more. Know.
9: So, um, could, I know you were talking about the um, uh, Mark of the Beast thing, but... Uh, I. I would like to talk about evolution, uh, since that was the title of the video, if that's okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. So, I, I watched the video that you did with the Catholic evolutionist water, uh, I really enjoyed that one. And he brought up a point that, uh, when you're saying we've only observed dogs produce dogs, that the implication is that you think evolution means or teaches it. A dog is going to give birth to something like a fox or like a jackal or a fish.
3: Is that what you? No, no, not at all. What I point out is, all we've ever observed in human history is dogs produce dogs. A coyote, wolf, and dog are probably the same kind of animal. Uh, So, the the textbooks though show a family tree. Where you have a protozoa or a single cell creature producing a dog. So, you guys like to point out we don't see a dog producing a non dog, and they say that's not what evolution says. It does say the protozoa produced a dog.
9: No, that's no. Not
0: science.
3: No, yes, it does.
9: No, it, it, you're conflating two different things. So, I asked you uh, in a couple different questions on debates what are, when we debated, I, I asked you, what do you mean when you? You defi- how do you define the word produce? And you said that that means to give birth. And I asked you, what is a non-dog? And you gave an example of something like a, a fox or, or a, a, like a dingo. So when you say we've only uh, seen or dogs produce dogs, What you're saying is that evolution teaches that a dog gave birth to a fox or something that was a non-dog, something that was like a different species. And it doesn't teach that. Now, I know that you're going to talk about over millions of years, over many generations, or uh, dogs have a common ancestor. That's a different thing. So you're pivoting to a totally different topic. But it's a straw man to say that evolution teaches that a dog gave birth to a fish.
3: I don't say that. The amoeba no the amoeba produced everything on this family tree kids we paid money to print this textbook for our kids to learn from it shows humans and ferns and sharks and everything going back to a single-celled creature somewhere along the line somebody is producing something that ain't their kind a protozoa turning to a biology teacher is what the kids are being taught now, I don't. You can put a trillion steps in there, or 400 quadrillion uh, steps in there. The point is, it doesn't happen. What we observe is protozoa make baby protozoa all the time. So you do this all the time, AJ. You say, well, you know, dogs producing foxes, this, this is not what evolution teaches. Yes, it is. You do teach. Do you believe you came from a single cell creature like a protozoa of some kind over millions of years? Is that your ancestor?
9: Okay, you're, you're pivoting, you're changing the topic. I wanna to talk about dogs producing some, dogs giving birth to dogs. So dogs and other, any animal is only gonna give birth to an animal that's the same species. So you just said that evolution does teach that dogs give birth to something that's not a dog.
2: No, but it I, doesn't I said that. that.
9: That's a straw man. And then you pivot to a single-celled organism. Why can't we just stay on the topic of a dog? Well, may, if... may I
2: say something real quick? Uh, Junior, you said that uh, Kent is misrepresenting evolution, but he's actually saying what it is the scientists are claiming. And I can give an example here, if you guys don't mind. You're going to see this is the reason why Christians are questioning evolutionists. Let me give you a, an example. Fish.
4: Human beings are still fish. Human beings are fish.
2: Why, yes, of course they are. How long did that take? A couple of billions
7: of
0: years. Millions. Of years. A couple of millions? Yep. How is that observable? It's not.
3: Do you believe we all came from sponges, Dave? Do you believe this textbook yes. is right? Yes.
1: But my 200 million greats grandfather was a fish. And by the way, the same fish was your 200 million great grandfather. <laughs> We're all African apes.
2: We're apes with a shave.
8: Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, So if I'm out in the woods, I'm full-on wolf.
9: Like, if I'm with close friends, what's the problem? Yeah, and what are you doing when you're out there? um, So we're running around. We do kind of play as wolves. Like on all fours? Uh, At times, yes. Sometimes we're two-legged, making wolf vocal stuff. But here's something I might do when I'm out there as far as a howl. Sure.
5: <laughs> that always gets me. As
2: you can see, no. these are the scientists who are claiming this. These are the PZ Myers. AJ, so that, uh, Brett, that,
3: let me finish AJ's question because he does this to me all the time. I do not say dogs produce non dogs. I do say, read my lips, dogs came from a non dog, didn't they? You're pivoting, you're changing the topic. Oh, you won't just answer the question. Your charts show an amoeba turning to a dog. Once you, get, once you get dogs, the Bible says they bring forth after their kind. Dogs will always produce dogs. There's a, tr- a family tree of dogs. There's another family tree of strawberries. They're not connected in, any deeper than that. That's what you don't you don't either don't understand or deliberately try to muddy the water. You believe you came from an ancestor like a fish, like Stephen or Dawkins, whatever the guy's name says, But going forward, you'll always produce humans, and you'll argue that that's not evolution. This book is part of an evolution textbook, and they teach dogs came from a protozoa. Going forward, they will always make dogs. Going backwards, they always came from dogs. But you want to go backwards and have them come from a protozoa or a single-celled creature, don't you, AJ? So you you just said going forward,
9: they always produce dogs. Maybe you don't mean to to say it, but by implication, what you're saying is that evolution teaches that dogs give birth to non-dogs. That's what you're implying. Yes, it is.
5: Wait a minute. No, it's it's the theory of evolution itself that tries to say things are going to evolve into something from an ancestor that it's totally different from. That's not the creation narrative. That's That's, the evolutionary narrative, and we need to stay on point with that. You're not going to swift us with your guys' baggage. No, thank you.
3: Dogs came from an amoeba in your religion. I don't believe that. I think there's a family tree of dogs, and God said 24 times in the first seven chapters, they would bring forth after their kind. There's certainly a family tree of dogs. Wolves, coyotes, dogs probably had a common ancestor, and it looked like a dog. But you wanna go back billions of years in your imagination and make them connected to a protozoa. That's where it's insane. Evolution teaches all life forms came from a single-celled creature. Do you believe the dogs all came from a single-celled creature over billions or trillions of years, AJ? I don't know what you mean by came from.
5: What do you mean came from? He means evolves from, AJ. You know what he's talking about. Answer the question. If you have an answer on behalf of evolution, answer a legitimate question. You never do that. Okay, I, it, I,
9: I would just I would just like Kent to stay on one topic. He keeps yeah. changing the topic.
5: It would be much easier for Pastor Hoven to stay on topic if you would answer even a single question and not try to slide a hand to us with your guys's baggage. We're not the ones who claim anything turns into something else over billions of years. That's the claim of you evolutionists.
2: But I, you I, are, you that's understand, Junior? Question, you understand, Junior? That. Uh, Mr. Hovind is showing you presentations of what they teach in school, what they teach in college, this is the concept of it you get what he's talking about do you believe yes. that you were snot on a rock and then went through all kinds of changes and then learned how to do love ballads billions of years later no. AJ can I ask you
8: a different no, can I ask you, AJ can I ask you a, the question in a, in a different way do you believe evolution from a universal common ancestor happened as a real historic event and as a fact do you actually believe that so i'm asking it in that way as a real historic event ignore the processes behind natural selection i'm talking about as in a real historic event
9: yes but the reason that i don't like answering this question is because kent is asking a completely pointless question he does this in every single debate he's it's a creation versus evolutionist debate and he asks every single person do you think that you're related to a dog can not you know that the other person thinks common ancestry is true so you already know the answer to that question you're just asking them oh do you think that you're related to a sponge and then they say yes and then the people in the audience laugh. You're just making fun of people. You already know the answer. So that's why I don't like it because it's a pointless question. The answer is yes. I think- Is it that happened. it's a I pointless question
5: have... or is that it's embarrassing for you guys to answer because you know you have to admit that you believe you're part banana. Come on, AJ, talking. try harder.
9: I, I'm not done talking, so you don't have to interrupt me. I think common ancestry is true. I think animals have common ancestry. I think evolution happened. I think that I'm related to a dog. I think I'm related to X fruit, X animal there. So you don't have to ask that same question over and over and over again, Ken. Yes, animals have common ancestry. Evolution happens. I, th- I think that.
8: I think I, I think a lot A lot of creation and evolution debates come down to word play and word definitions, which is why a lot of people end up talking at cross purposes. But I think he's trying to explain in, such a, in a nice, simple way that That everybody every day can just understand without going to the rabbit hole of like trying to redefine words and all this kind of stuff. And when you use the word related to, that's a valid term, you know, because you're related to a second cousin. You're related to a second cousin once removed. Yeah. So that's a valid term. So if you broaden that out to the millionth cousin once removed, what would that look like? You see, so again, it's these words that e- evolutionists tend to try and, you know, people try and focus on the word rather than the actual what is being meant. Do you see what I'm saying?
3: Yes, but right.
9: I, I think defining your terms in a debate is important. I think that's a good thing, though.
3: Yeah. Okay, let me let me chime in for to make it real clear, AJ. I believe there is a family tree of dogs. I believe there's a family tree of ladybugs. There are 20,000 species of ladybugs, I think, is what they come up with now. They might've had a common ancestor called a ladybug. That's where it stops. That does not prove the roots go deeper on that tree and the ladybugs and the dogs have a common ancestor. But you want to hide behind this propaganda that we see dogs always produce dogs, okay, but yet you believe dogs came from something non-dog, but you wouldn't wanna talk about that. That's what I object to. The textbook says, all the many forms of life on earth today, that would include the dogs and A.J., are descended from a common ancestor. This is propaganda. This isn't science. This is a religious belief. And it's found in a population of primitive unicellular organisms. No traces of those events remain. These family trees are evil. They're propaganda. They're not science. There is a family tree of humans. You probably had grandparents and great-grandparents and great great you and I might have a common ancestor if we go back far enough. But we you might. and my dog do not have a common ancestor. So I think we go back the, You said
9: that the strawberries might have a common ancestor, so do you not know?
3: No, the straw, I don't know how many kinds of strawberries the, they I'm have. I'm sorry, the ladybugs. Ladybugs might have a common ancestor. So I, I've, not not watched lady, I've not studied ladybugs in the laboratory to know, but I think it's logical to say that all the varieties of ladybugs might have had a ladybug ancestor, just like all the humans might have had a human ancestor. But you jump to the wild conclusion that that is proof ladybugs and humans have a common ancestor. No, I this don't. This chart shows it. Yeah, you do. So, you believe so, ladybugs and humans. Right here.
9: Humans, you think you, humans might have a common ancestor, so you don't know. So that
3: means it's not science, right? I'm only 70 years old. I haven't observed humans for billions or trillions mm. of years. We know in the laboratory and mm. in reality, humans only produce humans. I bet your parents were human. I bet your grandparents were human. Mm. I bet we could go back to Noah getting off the ark with eight humans. But that doesn't prove you're related to a ladybug. So you, but said you think humans you only produce do. humans? Does that
9: mean you think evolution teaches that humans gave birth to something that's not a human? No,
3: humans always give birth to humans. That's the point. I agree. Yeah, you, I agree. You, you know, but you believe that a protozoa slowly gave birth to a human. Little how, do bit at a time. how do you how a protozoa can't give birth to anything? Okay, protozoa make babies. This chart shows a protozoa being the great, 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 great grandparent of everything. That's not science. That's a religion. He's saying that protists give birth and make babies isn't science, Ken. Mm -hmm. AJP, yeah, some AJP's saying, saying though.
6: You know what what he's saying, AJ? He's He's saying saying that over millions of years, you reproduce and then you get to human eventually.
2: Yeah that's no. uh, that's pretty much in the summary of what the the atheist yeah. evolutionists are claiming. No I'm I'm that's not agreeing not that that's not Kent Hovind's assertion he's battling against the stupidity. I I don't understand what, why it is they try to put the the burden on him. But I got a question for you junior having to do with evolution. Can you explain what variables in the environment cause pain receptors, brain signals, and a nervous system? I'd like to know what was happening in the environment that made this happen.
9: Uh, what happened in the environment to cause pain receptors?
2: yes it is believed that in order for evolution to have changes on an atomical structure there has to be something happening in the environment that impacts the creature or living thing itself so the question again i'll repeat it can anyone including yourself explain what variables in the environment caused pain receptors brain signals and the complexity of the nervous system
9: well um you would probably have a, an organism that was very early in evolution that needed to be able to sense its surroundings and be able to tell if a predator was trying to eat it or bite it. So that's a selection pressure
2: that Junior, would does uh, encourage have a involving
9: con- nervous, a nervous system.
2: Does but, evolution care if you die or if a creature gets mauled by a bear, does it care?
9: No, nature is very indifferent to animal suffering. It, it's very brutal.
8: Yeah, AJ. Yeah, I'd like to um, uh, kind of read a, a little bit of a science paper to you. You okay. know what you were saying earlier, whereby you actually believe it's a fact. Yeah, so that that you believe it's a fact that evolution from the universal common ancestor actually in, occurred in history, and that science proves your claim. Yeah. I don't
9: believe it. I just I just agree. Oh accept with okay, if you the, want to use accept, the word accept. Okay. I accept the scientific consensus. I agree with the uh, evidence. Okay.
8: Right. I'll read you from a scientific paper called A Formal Test of the Theory of Universal Common Ancestry. The abstract states the classic evidence for universal common an- ancestry, although massive, is largely restricted to local common ancestry. For example, of specific phyla rather than the entirety of life, and has yet to fully integrate the recent advances from modern phylogenics and probability theory. Although universal common ancestry is widely assumed, so I'll repeat that, although universal common ancestry is widely assumed, it has rarely been subjected to formal quantitative testing, and this has led to critical commentary emphasizing the intrinsic technical difficulties in empirically evaluating a the theory of such broad scope. That's, that's a scientific position, okay? Um, So it's widely assumed to
9: to put the link to that in the private chat. Could you do that? Yeah. Junior, while
2: he's getting the information for you, though, you didn't exactly. Uh, answer the question you said well we had to have this in order for us to be able to have the advantage or benefit of being able to run whenever a creature's coming after us or trying to eat us but this doesn't explain why we even have pain receptors to begin with or why the complex nervous system came into existence you're kind of giving us the horse but not the carriage here sir
9: well, you're, it's a it's an extremely complex topic, and I don't know the exact answer to that. But if I had to give like a a, a general answer, I would say that an a, a early ancestor of humans, so not a human, so this is a long time ago in evolution, would need to be able to sense its surroundings, and so that would be a selection pressure for developing nerves and a nervous system but essential nervous system is kent and the pain past, receptors are a
2: different thing mr junior as i told kent in the past it would be very uh, advantageous for me and beneficial to grow bat wings so i can save on gas yeah it sounds like it could be something i would need but you're you're not giving us the reason how evolution would have done this you're not telling us why the pain receptors came into existence, why the nervous system. You're just simply telling us what it does. We already know what pain receptors do. I don't know how many times Kent hit his hand with a hammer while doing his construction. He knows what an ouch means. How did it get there, though? Um,
9: I, You asked me what, would, what was the uh, reason that we would have a nervous system.
2: The variables in the environment, what was going on in the environment that would make such a complex construction of this? Predation. Would you uh, elaborate, please?
9: Predators try to eat other animals, so they need to be able to sense their surroundings so that they can survive long enough to reproduce.
2: That's a selection pressure. Does evolution care about our needs, Kent?
3: Well, he's, he's making up a story. Where's the science behind this? He'd make up a story. Well, we need this so it, we evolved it because we needed it. There've been many times I needed a third arm to hold something when I'm trying to get the door open. Hmm. This, this is insane. This isn't hmm. science. I wish you could see it, AJ. You're a fairy tale storyteller is all you are. Evolution Not is it. a fairy tale for grown-ups. that we don't ever yeah. see this. To say, well, we, somebody must've needed it so it evolved. This is making up a story. My point is, even if it's true, at this point, it's not science. It's not observable. Get it out of the textbooks. These family trees are religion.
8: Also, the other thing is that that is Lamarckism. And science has generally debunked Lamarckism. You know, um, the environment does obviously contribute to a phenotype being expressed, depending on whether you're in a cold environment or a hot environment, etc. But you're dealing with very complex interdependent processes here so as soon as you take two organs three organs four organs which are all in interdependent and you start to take away that in interdependence through gradual changes things Ready. will start to break and that's a lot of the problem
9: so you know? i never i never said that they evolved a the nervous system because they needed it so DNA replicates and mutations happen randomly, and those mutations are either beneficial or they're harmful or neutral, and the beneficial ones are going to be selected for at a rate that's higher than zero percent, and animals are going to adapt to their environment. It's, they didn't get anything because they needed or wanted it. It's just uh, mutations happen, and those are going to get selected for So I
3: didn't say anything about it needing. uh, (coughs) Okay, AJ, would you please give the best example you know of of a beneficial mutation?
9: Uh, Well, beneficial mutations are context specific. So a mutation that's beneficial in one environment for one organism might not be beneficial for a different organism. But there's examples of humans that have thicker bones and stronger bones from mutations that are resistant to breaking. There's uh, mutations that cause resistance to HIV. There's people who live in high altitudes who have uh, developed mutations in their family where they can breathe more easily uh, than somebody who came from
3: a lower uh, altitude. Uh, Just one, one at a time now. Okay. There are humans that have thicker bones. I would agree. Bone density. That's not a mutation. They already have bones to start with. I have them. You have them. So you didn't add any new information, getting a stronger bone, getting a stronger. This is not new information. They already had a bone. Yeah, the
0: mutation made it stronger.
9: That is new information. Every mutation is new information because it's changing one letter of of, uh, the nucleotide sequence to a different letter. So that's new information.
2: If you guys don't mind real quick, I'd like to show what the definition of an actual mutation is. Any change in the DNA sequence of a cell, mutations may be caused by mistakes during cell division, or they may be caused by exposure of damaging agents in the environment. That's not adding information that's damages. That's not beneficial at all. Yeah, DNA tries to replicate itself perfectly, but it
9: is never going to. There's going to be replication errors. That doesn't inherently mean that it's a bad thing. It could lead to a mutation that's beneficial, or it could lead to one that's totally neutral.
2: This is well, your can't imagination. I asked you earlier, go ahead. No, you.
9: it's Sorry. not. It's genetic science. Well, it's not imagination. I'd like.
3: To, that's why I said, "What's the best example?" You run off on five of them. Let's just pick one.
9: Yeah, I gave okay. multiple.
3: Well, th- that you gave multiple to muddy well, the you, water. You say Here's there one. are none. You say there are none. I gave three. Okay. You think humans with thicker bones came from a mutation? I'd like you to send me information on that. I'll study that up and get ready for that. No, you, won't. Humans- you won't read it if I send you anything. You won't read it. You're lying. AJ, I will read anything you send me. If it's short enough, I got time for I got busy life right You you've said that when people have. AJ, AJ keep, so times, AJ, keep and you it professional. AJ,
9: keep it professional. Do it. You never research Clammy demonus, and you always say uh, that. I have a video of you saying it in five different debates. Oh. So you're lying, Kent.
3: Okay. I have oh. plenty to do. I'm real busy. I need to go now, actually. But, AJ? <laughs> you don't care where, about where science is, at all, Kent. You don't care about I science. told him at the beginning I had an hour told him a half hour ago I got about another half hour okay now and I didn't and you were not at the time so I I'm not running from you at all believe me'll take you on any time in a debate so I mean you're, you're claiming that a mutation causing thicker denser bones is beneficial and is a result of evolution and a DNA replication error and that's the process you want to count on that's going to change uh, an amoeba or a protozoa into a whale or a human. You think slow, gradual accumulation of trillions of mutations changed a single celled creature. I'll put it up on screen again for you here. You believe these kind of charts that a single celled creature turned to everything today by mutations. Is that your answer? The topic. Why
9: can't you ever stay on one topic, Kent?
2: All right. uh, Mr. Jr., you're not answering any of those questions, and it's obvious. Uh, Yes, I did. He's been in over 300 debates. He's doing an open discussion, allowing anybody and everybody to come at him with whatever. So for you to say that he's not intellectually honest or open to discussion is an absolute lie, sir.
3: He has he believe- not learned
9: anything in 300
3: debates. Oh, OK. Well, let's say we have another one called Standing for Truth. We'll have another one tomorrow night. Uh, and, you, and you give me the best evidence you have. And where's the evidence for evolution? You want this kind of chart taught to all the kids in school. You believe you came from a protozoa. You want a, you want me to pay to have the kids taught that. That's evil, that's propaganda, that's not science. There's probably a family tree of birds that go back to a common ancestor called a bird. Why would you connect the birds and the frogs on a chart like this? This isn't science. Genetic. Science is what we observe, study, test, and demonstrate. You think an, a change in the DNA, a random change, a mutation, is going to change something into a frog and something else into a bird. No, that's That's a straw man. imagination. That's what they're showing the kids.
9: No, that's not. You're lying.
2: All right. We got another user in. And as I said at the very beginning, the rules are people have to control themselves. You have to behave. You don't get personal. You got to have a discussion. We got someone called One Over Pie, I suppose. Nice name. How are you? You have I'm to actually Yes, you have to unmute your microphone and then speak.
7: Yeah, can you hear me?
2: We can. You're coming through clear. What you got for us, sir?
7: Uh, I've been researching a lot about genetics lately. I don't like biology, by the way. I want to debate you, uh Kent, sometime later. But um genetic mutations don't always remove information under sometimes they There's this thing called a reference frame mutation, which can basically insert uh, a gene into already existing DNA, moving everything across, which causes new uh, RNA to be formed, which causes new proteins. This is new information being added, which would in turn cause unexpected mutations, especially if they're at the end of already existing
3: uh, beneficial genes or unused genes. Okay, this is a belief that you have. Has this been demonstrated to change it to any other kind of animal or plant? Well, well the, the the changing into other kinds of
7: animals, we can't observe this because that's that's again millions of years of of oh. tiny, tiny tiny changes over right, a very right. big time frame. But the things we do see these changes occur in small small forms. But the thing is if you repeat this over and over and over, what is preventing an animal from changing?
2: Kent, I'm what pretty is- sure the very definition of science is it's got to be observable. This, our well, man here just told us it ain't even observable. So what he believes tale. in is faith-based.
3: Well, okay. and I have a
5: question for him too. I would like to know if he could explain to us when we evolved a soul. Tell
3: you what, Brett, hang on a second. I, I, I'm sorry, brother, it's been an hour and a half. I got to go, but why don't you have both of these guys, one over Pi and uh, AJ. Uh, pick one particular topic, if you want it to be mutations, let's schedule a debate on your channel, and Brett, you moderate, equal time, no interrupting, one topic at a time.
2: I'll it's debate uh, them both, great. same time.
3: That sounds great.
2: And people, you also had the opportunity to go over to Standing for Truth. And if you want a full-on debate like that where everything's timed and not quite the open discussion we have over here, he's got a great channel. Kent's got a lot of material over there, and I'm sure he'd love to debate anybody. Just get a hold of Donnie over there. Um yeah. one over pie. I'm gonna ask you one more question and I'm gonna let Kent uh, get out of here because he's got a very, very busy existence. The question was asked to AJ earlier. Can you explain the variables in the environment that caused pain receptors, brain signals, and the nervous system to come into existence?
7: Well, small mutations could have caused just nerves, like individual cells of nerves, to exist. Now, that in itself wouldn't have been necessarily beneficial. But the thing is, if you connect that to being able to feel just your environment, just feel, not even pain, just being able to sense what's happening around you, you would have more information on on how to survive, how to run. You would know that hot water is hot and cold water is cold, and that isn't beneficial to your survival. And you would now know this. That okay. that the thing is, small mutations that could cause this. Uh, I'm sorry. The
2: magic word is mutation all the time. Mutation. Can I, can, mutation. I can I
6: jump in on that real quick? Well, um, well,
2: before we do that, let's get let's give Kent the opportunity to get out of here. Let's, uh, let's give SpongeBob a tug and a hammer real quick, and <laughs> let's, uh, let's let Kent get out of here. Thank you, Kent, for being a part of the show. Always excellent whenever you're involved.
3: Well, schedule a debate, and always it's imagination and lots of time. You guys need some real science. What you have just demonstrated for the world to see is you have a religious belief that it happened. You don't have any science. We don't observe cows produce non-cows. You can believe it if you want, and you do. Great, congratulations, but it's not science. And I resent we should that being 80% of our DNA
5: with cows. Hey, schedule you know schedule that, right? the debate. I gotta
3: go. Thank yeah. you, Pastor,
2: for being All with right. Brett and I. bye All right. All right. I'm gonna put uh, Mr. Proverbs up on the screen. Let's see what we got. Let me take this uh, banner off and then we'll talk for a few minutes and then end the show. Excellent stuff, excellent stuff. Rob, did you have a good time?
8: I've had a brilliant time, my friend, and uh, I've sent AJ a scientific paper that says that science confirms that evolution from UCA is just widely assumed. That's all it is in science. So at least you'd think that the militant atheists would actually question things and, you know, almost as if, okay, if there is problems with this theory, then maybe there's another theory but they so want to hang on to this, don't they, my friend? They just don't let go, whatever you present.
2: Well, to be fair, Rob, I have seen some atheists, like an atheist I've had on my show many times, who I consider extremely intelligent he has issues and he discusses his problems with evolution the cambrian period and he also talks about his issues with the big bang and the theory of the universe and all that and he takes a lot of heat from the atheist community it seems as if you question the program or the uh what some would refer to as brainwashing they'll just obliterate each other in their community for even having the the courage and the uh fortitude to go against it
8: yeah yeah but it's been a good night it has been a good night
2: did all the evolutionists exit the room brett no the the problem was junior and uh mr kent were getting so passionate on there it was getting to the point where they were talking over each other i can bring mr junior back in if you'd like to talk to him for a few <sighs> minutes and before we end it
6: yeah bring him back in
2: Yeah, if if he can have a respectful conversation, that would be great. But you
5: notice, AJ, what you did is you were losing in your argument, so you started personal attacks, calling Kent a liar and and everything else. Like, that's the sure signs of a losing argument.
9: Kent constantly accuses other people of lying. Scientists of lying, teachers of lying, biologists of lying. He constantly does that.
5: Evolutionists are lying. If they're not lying, you guys are strongly delusional
9: why is it not okay for me to call someone a liar but it's okay for kent to do it yeah we got to hold the same standard i that's
6: i definitely agree with that
8: (sighs) yeah I, i think also speaking from an atheist you know when i was a former atheist a lot of it with me was assumption you know i i would assume this theory is true and it sounded plausible at the time based on my mindset but i don't think i was so militant to literally hang on to it for my dear life you know um and that's the thing i think and i i think a lot of atheists don't lie and a lot of people don't you know a lot of um teachers don't lie and things like that i just think they formed this assumption over years and that's that's what they're taught to teach children and that's where they're at but you do get some militant atheists who lie and at the same time you get creationists who do end up being on the defensive a bit and go off track and use words that they don't really mean to use and then they're misinterpreted by evolutionists who jump on that word and then it becomes a word play backwards and forwards just about the word and that's part of the problem i think
2: there's one other issue too rob and i understand uh, junior that you and kent i suppose have an internet history or whatever But the deal is this is God TV radio and at the very beginning of our show we throw up these rules that way our guests can feel like they can actually have an open discussion there's plenty of podcasts and rooms where people yell and call each other names and beat their chests like an evolved primate but in here we try to work on the cussing and that's hard for me that rule oh no no personal (laughs) attacks be respectful no ranting or droning basically people go on for 10 minutes and then stay on topic stay on topic so that's what we're trying to do here i apologize if you have some issue with them it would be best for you to if you want to debate him if you really want a hardcore time debate where a moderator doing that that'd be the best or if you like this format better we can set something up i will read your emails i will respond to you
9: no i i it, i agree it is your show brett and and you know i i will totally admit that i i do get frustrated talking to kent because from my perspective i feel like uh, he is just not uh, getting what i'm saying and i'm sure he thinks the same thing about me but i i have no interest in debating kent in uh, that type of format i much prefer this type of uh, show and i'm glad that you're doing these type of shows because it's easier to have a discussion rather than I'm not a big fan of the like timed, uh, opening section, opening comments and, and all that stuff, because I, I feel like, um, it, there's never enough time to actually get to the good part of the debate, if that makes sense. So I much prefer this type of, uh, format. Anyway, when when would you be
5: willing to, uh, AJ?
9: Well, I've already debated Kent twice and I don't really see much point in it because no matter what, Kent is always going to say there's no evidence for evolution. So no matter what anybody says to him, he's always going to say there's no evidence for evolution, no matter what. doesn't matter what you show him.
2: He's going to say that. Let me ask you a weird question. What's the point? Let me ask you an odd question that you've probably never even been asked on this. Is there a possibility that he can have his view on things and you can have your view and somehow you two be able to get along and just have a decent conversation without it getting all muddy and messy like this? Is it possible? Because you seem like you can have a good conversation. I know Kent's capable of that. Is there a way that you guys can just meet in the middle? If Kent wasn't so condescending, then maybe. But he's extremely
9: condescending. I can see how Kent's videos. jokes
6: come off as condescending. I think they're really funny, but if I were on the other end of yeah, that, that's funny. But yeah, but, I, I, he, I would, I would definitely think it's condescending.
9: That's why I'm saying that the whole uh, asking people, "Do you think you're related to a strawberry?" saying you came from a rock—that's just all mockery. Kent's just making fun of people. It doesn't have anything to do with science or debate. He's that's like some of my favorite parts fun of, of people.
6: Parts of it. Those are the best yeah. parts.
9: It's why you showed that video of the person howling like a wolf, because you want to make fun of that person for their appearance.
5: But AJ, in in truthfulness, that is such a fair question, though. When you ask someone who believes in evolution, do you believe you come from a rock? And the answer is, is if you go back billions or trillions or whatever the consensus is now, because it changes every 10 to 15, 20 years, um, the answer is yes. They believe you came from rocks. They believe the origins of life began from soupy radioactive rocks or space dust. That's just a fact. So you guys get offended by questioning one of your strongholds. It it makes no sense, AJ. Well, you you can show me a single
9: video of evolutionists saying, I believe I came from a rock. You will never find that video.
2: Brett, I believe you had several of them, didn't you? yeah i've got tons and tons of clips but like i said we've been going on for about two hours i'll be more than happy to play some more of them on the next show on the show we did before this and the other talk show we had with kent we played a bunch of clips i know it uh it sounds weird it sounds really odd to us and it may come off as mockery but do you junior whenever you see people make like videos where they're attacking kent under all kinds of different things do you ever say to them? Hey, maybe you should quit acting this way or behaving toward this way of Kent. Maybe this is a way of Kent's defending himself whenever he's dealing with people like this.
9: Uh, no, and I will freely admit that I make fun of Kent on my videos a lot, and I've done a ton of videos about Kent. I openly admit that, um, and I—that's why I don't begrudge him for dishing it back to me. Uh, I can—I can accept that. I think that I've—I've. I've, I deserve it basically. But if he's going to misrepresent evolution by saying dogs only produce dogs, I don't see how the implication of that isn't that evolution teaches that dogs produce something that isn't a dog. And Kent specifically said, when I debated him, he said, produce means give birth. But every single time I tried to ask Kent about that, he immediately changes the topic to either common ancestry or talking about single-celled organisms or talking about evolution going back millions of years. And I could, it was like trying to nail Jell-O to the wall. He's constantly changing the topic. That's why I got frustrated.
2: I think when, Kent, uh, you brought up earlier that you, um, you don't like it whenever Kent brings up strawberries and sponges and you listed off a bunch of things you don't like to see him do in debates. Has it ever occurred to you that... These are rhetorical questions or he's just trying to not just also make it to where the show's fun. And there's a little bit of uh, where people are being silly and rugged on each other, but also he wants to figure out what exactly the other person believes about their existence, how they evolved, what happened, all this, just so he can get kind of a baseline of where somebody's coming from.
9: No, I don't think so. Because like I said, Kent, already knows the answer to these questions he already knows if he asks an evolutionist do you think you're related to a chimpanzee they're going to say yes and they do think that that's true so he's just asking that as a way to make fun of people so the people in the audience can laugh
8: often it's not necessarily making fun it's about getting them to think about the question are you really related to a squirrel is he your one millionth distant cousin once removed, or however you want to word it, you know, you you use the word relation, so it's a lot of comedians do this they take a nice complicated subject simplify it for comedic value, but it's explained in such a way that it's nice and simple to people you know, everyday people and that's the thing, and it, it does sound funny and that's the thing, and I can understand why some atheists are offended by it but really, it Again, it's like like I said, universal common ancestry is assumed. Yeah, it's assumed because there's not enough evidence covering all these just, questions that creation asks. But yeah, there's so many unanswered questions. I know, I know you do. Yeah, because that's you you do believe it's a fact, and that's fine. You can have that you know belief. But I mean, it's so, it's just um, the way Kent is explaining things. That's all. That's his way. That's his manner. Well, yeah, guys, I, 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 guys I, I, just,
2: I just, Junior, I'd love to continuously have you on the show and stuff. I think that you're a decent speaker and you've got some points that you'd like to put out there. I hope you continue to come back. I do got to shut this down. I hope that you take my suggestion, though. Just realize Kent is going to be Kent. You're going to be who you are and try not to get so aggravated in the discussion. Uh, where it's he's going to be funny he's going to crack jokes you're going to crack jokes have a good time with it just an open discussion all right folks
9: uh, sure i just wanted to say uh real quick that uh to rob i i posted i since we don't really have time i posted a link uh that you can you can click on that and that that will sort of be my reply to the article that you gave me but you, i thought you asked me some good questions rob so i appreciate that
8: Yeah, I just try to, because I can, because I was an atheist, I come from both sides of the fence. So I've watched a lot of debates and can see the misunderstandings between the debates and the words and things. So, yeah, it's been nice to talk.
0: Hey everybody, Proverbs Guy here from the Proverbs 2717 YouTube channel where I host a pretty cool show over there. I'm also the new co-host of God TV Radio along with podcast radio legend and King himself, Mr. Brett Keen. We are so psyched to have you guys hanging out with us. It is just truly an honor. We ask that if you're coming from the God TV Radio side that you would go over to the Proverbs 2717 YouTube channel and you would like and subscribe over there. If you're coming from the proverbs 27 17 youtube channel we ask that you come over to the god tv radio youtube channel like and subscribe over here as well we have some incredible shows coming up for you guys i'm so proud to be part of this project and i'm just really looking forward to seeing what myself and mr brett keen can get into uh we love to stir the pot so it's going to be a heck of a ride everybody again thanks for hanging out with us god bless you that is from Proverbs 2717 YouTube channel and God TV Radio.
2: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keene from God TV Radio. I hope you're all having a blessed day. If you would like to support God TV Radio, you can do a one-time donation through PayPal, or you can buy us a gift off of Amazon wish list. Or you can buy one of my books. Afterlife Simulation is the newest installment of my novels and written works, or you could buy some of our music and art. Also, I sell merchandise such as t shirts, mugs, towels, clothes, apparel, anything that your heart desires. God bless.